Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Woo! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, along with me this week, as always, Sports Guy JP. Sports Guy JP, how are you this evening? I'm uh, pretty good. How's it um, over there in Poor Man's Studios? Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not, it's not too bad here. Uh, we would have liked to have been recapping a Steelers win, although I don't think anybody truly believed that. No. Maybe some homers. So, yeah. Right, I think this is basically exactly where we expected. Um, but twenty-one points against Kansas City. I mean, that's. I mean, at least they were moving the ball yeah. somewhat. To be fair, one of them was a defensive touchdown. Yeah, and honestly, defense uh, held in there. They, they played a great first quarter um, defensively, and yeah. uh, honestly, that's one more quarter than I expected them to. Play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a shame they couldn't have just ended it right about there. There was a moment there where when TJ Watt scooped and scored where I was like, what if they do this? Well, that's what we were saying a week ago. It's like if they want to win, they have to have time of possession. They need to have turnovers and they need to have like a defensive score. I was saying make a Fitzpatrick with an interception, but the same thing there with TJ Watt taking that back. The momentum was going and that was right after um, they just had a big punt return and Derek Watt finally made a play. This year and stopped them, uh, probably like the fifteen or the twenty. Yeah, one tackle for what two million? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you like that? You like that stat sheet to money ratio? He probably needed that incentive if he was going to run off the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- they said he was injured, but they were trying to force him to play. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, they they did that, and I was like, oh no, this is where where it ends. This is where it finally happens, and then. T.J. Watt gets his hands on a ball, and Devin Bush finally made a play. He accidentally made a play by being in the right spot at the right time. Yeah, Devin Bush is now the only player in Steelers history to pick off Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> T.J. Uh, Watt made the play, but Bush caught it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you like seeing that. Uh, but then, Rob, uh, you know, they, they, they stopped the Chiefs right there, and I felt like, you know, okay, this is a big swing. They can make a play here. Uh, they ended up not scoring there, and then being back on defense, that's when uh, I guess they had like a wildcat formation, right? Yeah, I, I did see a couple wildcat formations um, from Kansas City, right? Yeah, Kansas City had the wildcat, yeah. and they would, I don't know, Pringle or whoever it was was trying to hand off the ball. Um, and that's when uh, he fumbled it, and T.J. Watt picked it up and scored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, I think uh, Kansas City actually picked up, and then came Hayward come around the edge and popped yeah, out. Yeah, I, I think I think they did drop it, and then he picked it up again, and then came Hayward, and, and I think uh, Hightower was in there. Yeah, and yeah, Cam Hayward's had a tremendous year. He actually graded um, highest among defensive linemen in PFF this year, um, playing against the run. Yeah, so just you know, goes to show the kind of year he's had, and. Uh, that's you kind know, of strange. He has that because... James Harrison factor where like it seems like he hasn't even entered his like prime till he was like in his late twenties. Yeah. 
I mean, he's he's always been pretty decent, but he has like I don't know if it's like old man strength, but he's really come on uh, at the end, and uh, it, it's incredible with without Alu Alu, without Tuit, you know, with the injuries on on that defense, and it's crazy hearing that he is the best against the run with how poor the Steelers' run defense has been at times. Yeah, I agree. Um... It just shows that, like, teams are controlling the line of scrimmage against Pittsburgh. You know, uh, Watt's a great pass rusher, but beyond that, and then what you see with Cam Hayward up front, teams are just, you know, utilizing the run game. We saw Jarrett McKinnon this week, who was, you know, a scrub on Minnesota, a scrub on Kansas City, who finally got a shot this week and, you know, exploded. Um, outside of Mahomes, I would say he was the game changer of the, you know, of this playoff game. And, um, and it shows how, uh, like I said, um, Micah Fitzpatrick led all safeties and tackles. He led the Steelers in tackles, and Terrell Edmonds tied with Cam Hayward for third in tackles. So That's it shows sad. that you know these safeties are being forced into supporting the run more often than necessary. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right about controlling the the line, offensive and defensive. Uh, what are you? I mean, what are you, what are your thoughts on this offensive line going forward? Um. Well, I. Everyone's um, big on Kevin Dotson, despite him not playing this season very much. Um, so we'll see what we have there at left guard. Um, I, I think D- Dan Moore at tackle um, has come along throughout the year. I think he's built more like an inside blocker, but, you know, Tomlin um, <clears throat> is keeping him at the tackle position. I mean, he had Kelvin Beecham when he played tackle, was a little undersized, but. I see um, some production out of Dan Moore and some potential there that I like, despite him being a little undersized. Um, and then the, the other three, the right side and uh, the center position, they're young guys coming along, but I, I think that's where you're going to have to see the biggest um, step up on the entire roster outside of whoever's replacing Roethlisberger. If there's a unit that needs to step up next year, it's the offensive line, the right side in particular. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's get back to this, the 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 actual game that we'll recap some of this more. Uh, so we left off where Watt had the touchdown. So seven nothing Steelers. We were thinking, hey, you know, that's where like everybody. I w- I'm not gonna say everybody, but most people were like, I think the the Chiefs are gonna win. But they were like hoping, like, okay, does Ben have one more thing in them? Can they pull it out? Can something crazy happen? I mean, the Jaguars beat the Colts. I mean, stuff happens all the time. You you see. I mean. The, the, the year the Steelers won the Super Bowl, uh, Ben's second year in 05 or 06 or whatever, whatever year that was, uh, they were the sixth seed going into the playoffs. So, you know, why not put some magic out there and see what happens? And then it all kind of came crashing down before the half. That was the difference between this year and 2005. Like, I know all the um, hot shots on the national news were trying to compare this team to that Super Bowl team. But they, they failed to lack that, you know, that Steeler team at the time was efficient for the NFL in that time. Steelers played defense and controlled the clock by running the football. Nowadays, you get guys airing the ball out all over the field. And, I mean, Mahomes is the biggest knockout punch you have in the game today. And, you know, if you get the defensive turnover, score touchdowns off it, look to control the clock, it's very difficult to do when your offense isn't producing. And on the other side, you have a guy who's, you know, moving the ball more fluently down the field than, you know, anybody has in years. If you look at that old Steelers team that won that year, and you just look at their roster top to bottom, I mean, that defensive line, 
was what? Casey Hampton, Kimo Von Olhoff, and Aaron Smith. Then you have Joey Porter, James Ferrier, Larry Foote, Clark Hagens. And then I think in the secondary, they had Paul Amalu. Was Chris Hope on the team then? Ike Taylor, Deshae mm-hmm. Townsend. I think that was the starting defense at that time. That's a lot better than, than what you're looking at now. They had Max Starks as their worst offensive lineman. That right. Year. I mean, who then probably became the best. Alan Fanica, Kendall Simmons, Jeff Hardings, and then Marvell Smith there. The, the, the whole team. Heath Miller is a rookie that year. Then you have Heinz Ward, uh, Plaxico Burris. But Burris was gone. Or was he Randall gone there? Was it Randall L? Okay. Oh, that's right. Burris was gone. I'm trying to name the whole team just by memory. Kreider, Willie Parker, Jerome Bettis, and then you had Ben. Jeremy Tooman, maybe. <laughs> Jay Reamer Jeff, Small. Jeff, Jeffrey destroying bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> and then Gardaki was probably the punter then, right? Yeah, he or never was had it a Miller. punt block. I didn't yeah. know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah. I also didn't know if you knew Tomlin never had a losing season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he hasn't had a playoff win in just as long. Yeah, it feels like. This is, this is the third playoff loss in a row where they've allowed over 40 points. Yeah. Uh, I mean... That's true. The, I mean, the the last few few playoff games have just not been close. It's been it's been atrocious, and I mean, you expect it this year of Kansas City, but like they got whooped by Baker Mayfield and uh, Blake Bortles as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like they need to they need to become a playoff team. I understand that Tomlin's never had a losing season, and that he's capable of getting to the playoffs, but. You know, in today's NFL, guys move on. Like, you know, I've already heard talks about uh, Dolphins not wanting to, uh, you know, and I heard Patriots might want an upgrade for Mac Jones already. Yeah. The, the best teams adapt quickly. And, uh, I mean, Steelers, I'm not saying fire Tomlin, but I, I think they have a couple better guys on the market um, compared to years past. And uh, he just simply hasn't produced. Yeah. Um, and then going on with that game, I mean, I think that killed them having that touchdown given up before the half. You go into the halftime and at, at, go into halftime twenty-one to seven. That was rough. And then coming out of halftime, they immediately scored by throwing a touchdown to an offensive lineman. So mm-hmm. that's almost as embarrassing. At least the tight end didn't throw a touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, wait <laughs> two drives. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, Kelsey one for one with the touchdown. Yeah. It wasn't a bad throw, actually. It was a slant. Uh, I, you always kind of get nervous when uh, position players throw, like, in the middle of the end zone. That's not a big window. Yeah, I mean, the guy a, was uh, wide open. Uh, he He's a former quarterback at uh, Cincinnati for a year, too. Oh, really? Yeah, so Kelsey has the experience. He's yeah. played, I think, a year in college. I feel like uh, a third of the NFL players played quarterback in their in their life at some point, though. So some of them, I mean, if you if you play it at a, at a collegiate level, that's different. So I, I definitely respect that more. Yeah, like Sam Cook for uh, Baltimore, the punter. I know it's a high school linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it just shows, you know, the switch. <laughs> and then uh, Harris Harris had his first fumble of the year, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but, you know, at that point, the game's yeah, the game was down game, by but... two possessions. You just knew it was over. Kansas City is not going to take their foot off the gas and you know there's just no gas left in the tank for pittsburgh yeah that was they were lucky to be actually and this is gonna be like heresy to say or you know an abomination for me but like it would have been a more fun game to watch for a normal person if it was the colts against the against the chiefs i think 
there or the Chargers, <laughs> yeah. or you know, or the, even the Browns. The Steelers I, mean, I knew were just uh, pigs waiting to be slaughtered. Yeah, they were without a doubt the worst team to get in the playoffs. I think that there were plenty of AFC teams with worse records that were actually better than Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's just, you know, you know, reality had it. The Steelers had the best record among them, so they deserve to get in. Um, I just think that, um, you know, uh, moving forward, I, I'm just intrigued to see what they do at the quarterback position. I, I've already heard a report that they're out on Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Surprise, surprise. But... I'm interested to see. I think most likely they go with Mason Rudolph for a transitional year. But, you know, I'm interested to see. I know Tomlin's excited, and he said all possibilities are on the table. I'm interested to see that as a fan because he kind of like to see, I mean, somebody like Aaron Rodgers, oh, my God, probably the MVP who could be coming here. That would be cool. I think in re- that's, you know, what fan fantasy guy wants. I think in reality it's going to be, you know, Mason Rudolph, and maybe they draft a guy. Try to groom him for a year while Mason's the the bridge guy. It's fine with me. Like I'd rather keep my draft picks and get a quarterback pushing forty anyway. Yeah. So, oh yeah. yeah. I and that's one of the the downfalls of that. Tomlin always has the playoffs, or not always has the playoffs. Never had a losing season. Like we said before on this show, if you never have a losing season, you never have a high draft pick, pretty much. So you know, hopefully. We can, I mean, and they have, they've missed on first round picks, so they need to kind of rebuild. I, I wouldn't hate to see them go down a year. Like if this year, if they use this year to like do it the right way and rebuild and work out young guys and really put together a team for the following year, then I, I could be okay with that. I'm not hung up on, I don't want to see another eight and eight. Give me a, right. a four and uh, 13, and I'll take that for a year and then come back with a good team that will be good for a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's reports uh, Derek Carr might be on the move, Kirk Cousins. It's just like I think those guys would fit well. It's just I, I don't see a price tag that the Steelers are willing to give up. With yeah, I, I, I can't see them willing to pay. I think they're going to want to groom the next guy. I think so, too. I, I think they'll end up drafting somebody or – if they get a transitional guy, it's probably going to be like a Teddy Bridgewater or a Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I did take away from the game that was a positive, I thought James Washington played very well. Yeah, I saw he got shout out on the shout out on a uh, you got mossed. Oh, really? Yeah, his, uh, I, I I wrote that with with my uh, with my notes for him. I put he he looked good and put mossed him at the end. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, he got a shout out. Um, and it's so weird. Like Steelers just never seem to utilize Washington. Um, which I don't understand because in that game he was he was better than Ray Ray McLeod was all year. Yeah, yeah. In Juju, um, he actually led the team in receiving yards in that game with only thirty seven. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I think I would like to have seen more Washington. I think he might be on a contract year. That's one that. thing people should have bet on is any of the Steelers same game parlay stats. Just hammer the under. Yeah, unders, unders. Uh, Deontay Johnson had a couple drops. Um, Hit the over he, on drops for him. Yeah, he had plenty. I, I saw he was calling out fans on Twitter who were calling him out. Uh, my advice to him is to uh, not get involved like the other guys. Um, Keep just, those hands you know, busy on a football, not on the phone, man. Right, you know, just stay out of that. Um, get better. Um <laughs> I mean, that's it. I, I know that um, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And if there's any group that knows that, it's Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, let's get into uh, some some uh, stuff coming up, I guess. But we'll get into the teams that are still playing. Now, did you see any of the, the Rams and Arizona game? Yeah, I caught it. That was um, atrocious. What did we ever find out what happened with Buda Baker? So I heard he was on uh, concussed and taken to the hospital. Oh, it was a concussion. Yeah, but he he was down on the field and had to get carted off. It looked like probably the most serious concussion that I've ever seen. Minus like Austin Collie. Yeah, yeah, or uh, <laughs> Antonio Brown. <of> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Antonio Brown for sure got his bow rung, but nobody got like blown up concussed like Austin Collie. Yeah, he like I thought Austin Collie may have been killed. I did too. I think he's one of those guys. I'm surprised he didn't have that Wes Welker or whatever. Did he never got that giant helmet that looked like uh, the green guy from uh, Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas? <laughs> Gazoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what helmet I'm talking about? I, I do remember when Walker got his first helmet. It looked like he had a second head. <laughs> yeah, he looked like a bobblehead of himself. <laughs> he looked like if he was the mascot of the team. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that. that was huge. I think a lot of the modern helmets are built more like that too. You remember when Antonio Brown was like throwing his helmet because it wasn't the old helmet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think they have adapted to be more Wes Walker like friendly. Yeah. Yeah, they've definitely updated the shape. If you look at like that's one thing that's kind of interesting. I think that would be a cool kind of documentary or like a 30 for 30 thing. I was like the the helmet like from where it started with like a leather kind of thing with two ear holes to where it is today even the helmets from like the 60s i feel like were less protective than the leather helmets yeah i mean if you look at the helmets some of the helmets from the 90s aren't even near what they are today yeah yeah it seemed like here's some padding and here's you know your helmet you yeah, know, I mean, days, there's cushions everywhere. You, you can talk to your quarterback in it. They have the you know best technology in the game. Yeah, they have that. If you look at the way they're shaped now, they're like more aerodynamic. They kind of look like alien or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have like a, this shape. It almost looks like a keystone, how the Pennsylvania keystone thing is in the front of the helmet. That's not fully connected. And I think that's like a shock thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the the new helmets look like they're you know robots almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get what you mean. They, they uh, but that could have they, saved they Buddha Baker, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Too bad for uh, Buddha Baker. Hopefully, he's not calling himself Mister Big Chest next season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Buddha um, Big but, Chest. Uh, Cam Akers did reach out and apologize because he did like taunt him after without knowing the severity <laughs> of injury. Yeah. He so, did the thing like where he like locked up. When you see that arm lock and they just drop, that's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he was down where they went to commercial and they came back and he was just still out cold. Yeah. It's never a good sign when the guy's face mask needs to be removed from the helmet. Yeah, it was like J- Jason Street style almost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that. Let's see what Buddy Garrity has to say. <laughs> All if right. Buddy Garrity was a booster for the Cardinals, they would all be fired today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Kyler Murray, to me, just looks so uncomfortable. Um, no touchdowns to interception. Well, the, the pick six he threw from his own end zone, looked, he, he couldn't be more uncomfortable in that play. Yeah, I understand you don't want to get a safety in that situation, but that was... You if know, you're going to do that, right throw it like out of bounds or just straight into the ground, right? I mean, not yeah. straight into the ground, but I mean... 
like, and he like threw it and just threw it up. Like you can't let that sit in the air. Yeah, among all fourteen quarterbacks, we had some veterans past their career, like Ben. We had a rookie like Mac Jones. Guys with questions like uh, Jalen Hurts, but one the quarterback that looked the most uncomfortable in all the playoffs this week was definitely Kyler Murray. And that's um, I, you kind of expected a better game from that. Yeah, Cardinals and Rams have played each other uh, very tight um, this season. And uh, I don't know, this seemed to be like, you know, so one, one-sided. Um, of all the playoff games outside of uh, the Cincinnati game and the San Fran game were just blowouts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let, let's uh, let's talk about some of these coming up. Well, I mean, we're already talking about the, the, the Rams in Arizona. Uh, Rams beat Arizona 34 to 11 and they're moving on to play Tampa Bay. Uh, JP, you said you went five and one last week. I did. The only one I missed was, uh, Buffalo, New England. I wasn't really expecting Josh Allen to go seven drives in a row with scoring points. And <laughs> not playing the football. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> that is huge. That is like, okay, we're really here. Like, that's kind I could have of, played a team like I could have taken my team on Madden and have lost that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They uh, they look good and against the uh, Belichick and you know it's one of those things like oh because like the the, the Browns and whatever divisional games when the Steelers were winning every year it was kind of like the, you know the bully in the division and they just took it to the Patriots. Yeah, and uh, outside of the that windy game this year, I, I think. You know, Buffalo was embarrassed by it. You know, the windy game where Mac Jones won throwing three balls. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think they were just embarrassed and they took it to heart when they played New England the rest of the year. Um, the last two games between the two, Josh Allen against Belichick has gone for eight touchdowns, zero interceptions, and Buffalo, zero punts. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this is a bold statement they're making in the division. Okay. And they're uh, – so you see um... – let me see. Buffalo's playing Kansas City. We have Cincinnati playing Tennessee. We have Tampa Bay playing the LA Rams. And we have San Francisco playing Green Bay. JP, which one do you want to start with? Um. All right, yeah. While we're on the topic, I'll uh, go for the Rams and Tampa. Um. So right now, I think all signs seem to point to the Rams with the points. Um, what Christian is the Burke. spread? Spreads three. Um, okay. So Rams are plus three. Tristan Wirfs is likely not going to play with a pass rush that consists of Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd. And Tampa Bay is hurt. Uh, Fournette may not go. We know A.B. and Godwin are both gone. Mike Evans is going to have to face Jalen Ramsey. Um, Bucks have had a very e- easy schedule this week, or th- this year, too. Um, not many high defenses. And uh, they actually have a week three loss to the Rams. Um, but when it's all said and done, I think it's going to come down to a game of pressure. Whoever gets the most pressure on the quarterback wins. I know everything I said supports the Rams, but I'm taking Tampa Bay minus three, believe it or not. I have to agree just because the Tom Brady factor. I I can't go against them until they show me. But we're not going to, you know, Tom Brady is playoff Brady. Like, you know, he's. You know, I think Stafford's way more turnover prone, especially in a playoff scenario. He just got his first playoff win. There and is that, no rattling Brady. There will be rattling Stafford. I think. Yeah, that, that's that's. They need to get an early lead 
and he needs mm-hmm. to play well from there. Yeah, everything's favoring Stafford too. He has the better weapons on offense. Um, you know, he has a matchup dream with Jalen Ramsey to take out the number one weapon that they have in Tampa. But I mean, Tampa Bay's home, Brady's home. He knows what's at stake. I think Tampa Bay is going to win this game because they'll win the time of possession, and that's what it's going to come down to. I think people might be forgetting about how some of the wide receivers are that that Brady has won with. He hasn't always had this, you know, star-studded lineup of Godwin and Evans and A.B. I mean, mean, we just mentioned Wes Welker. Look at the career (laughs) he had before, during, and after Brady. Yeah. I mean, Jolene Edelman, he was a— quarterback in college too Julian Edelman is is the number one guy I think who owes a career to Tom Brady yeah yeah definitely Super Bowl MVP like in Deion Branch the Super Bowl MVP too like look at the success he's had you know he hasn't always had Randy Mosses and Mike Pat and Givens and Kevin Falk these guys yeah yeah he knows uh, how to he knows how to make the most out of each guy's talent and what they do best and he knows how to beat people with that even um, a guy like Giovanni Bernard coming back into the lineup, I think, is a big deal for Tampa Bay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I think the Rams have more talent. They have a better roster. They're getting the points. I think the, the worst injury is a huge deal. Ryan Jensen got hurt, too, but he popped in. He uh, Big shout-off to Ryan Jensen, by the way, refusing any help to get off the field. He got up and walked off on his own and got back in the game. What? I, I didn't hear what happened to him. Uh, he, he suffered an injury midway through the game, came back in, but uh, people were trying to help him off the field, and he mm-hmm. refused to help. I get He's old school. He just got off on his own and got back in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, shout out to him for that. Um, I don't know if he'll be 100%. And I, the, the worst factor is a big deal because he's played every snap this season and last season. The worst um, factor sounds like the name of a show that's going to be coming on to ESPN in the off season. <laughs> He'll have his show uh, following Ultimate Tag with the Walt, Walt Brothers. <laughs> yeah, is that something <laughs> they're still doing? They're going to get hurt. <laughs> I have no idea if that's still a thing. I would prefer it not be, though. Yeah, they need to be bubble-wrapped. Yeah, not only that, it's just more embarrassing because then they actually have to talk, and then you realize J.J. is the only one of somewhat of a personality. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're taking Tampa Bay minus three to beat the Rams. Yes. All right, let's keep it in the NFC then. All right, so we get San Fran and Green Bay. Um, San Fran was my upset pick last week, and it worked out. It was the actually the only upset all week last season or uh, last uh, wild card round. I definitely but, thought this year the Cowboys were going to win a win a playoff game. Uh, <laughs> and me, and I should know better. Though. Uh, it's December football, the more physical team I had to take, better coach team. Um, have you seen any of this Stephen A. Smith trolling the Cowboys? <laughs> uh, I have not. I know Skip, Skip Bayless, who's a Cowboy fan, like <laughs> told Shannon Sharp that he, he was wrong. Like he surrendered. Like like Sh- Shannon cut into him. He was like, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to argue. Like he just, he just gave it to him. Yeah. He was like, yeah, Cowboys are pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith, <laughs> I guess, came back in wearing a Cowboy hat and just, you know, doing his whole shtick. But it was actually kind of funny seeing it at the Cowboys' expense. Yeah, but it, they're an organization who always collects talent but never wins. Yeah, for sure. Do you I think that they have less playoff victories in the past twenty-five years than Nick Foles? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think Jerry Jones being the general manager and wanting his fingerprints on everything is uh, hurting them? 
Yeah, I think that's why they went with a hire like Mike McCarthy instead of a higher name. It's someone that Jerry can control and manipulate more so than a coach like a Harbaugh who's going to want control over everything. He'd rather have control than a win. He doesn't. He almost like doesn't want to win if it's not because of him. Yeah, yeah. He he wants to be number one, and he wants you to know that he's number one. Yeah, which is fine, but you got to be number one here and there. And he hasn't been number one for thirty years. If it's we're gonna swallow our pride, and you know, uh, Belichick's not allowed to trade for athletes to keep Brady, um, but you win Super Bowls because of it. Like you know, that's what happens. That's the reality of the job. I think that Jerry Jones is more concerned. It's like he wants to be bigger than the Cowboys. Yeah. Well, that I mean, that obviously makes sense. But we see where it gets them each year. Yeah, and uh, that's I like San Fran that week. I just feel like they were the better coach team, the better team, more fiscal in the playoffs, more experience. Um, I think San week, Francisco is just their offense is so different than any other team in the NFL. Yeah, they'll pound you with six different running backs. Yeah. The scrimmage. Uh, Garoppolo just, like I said, they're undefeated when he doesn't throw a pick. He just needs to control the clock. Then they have Kittle and Debo Samuel, two of the best playmakers in the NFL with the ball in their hands, yards after catch. It's what they do. They And then they have a, a, a you know knockout shot um, down the field with a guy like Ayuk. You know, they, uh, I, I think they're a well-ran team john lynch is the gm and i think that they're a well-coached team shanahan so what are you predicting for san francisco green bay aaron Rodgers always kind of has that chip on the shoulder with san francisco yeah san fran has actually won the last three playoff matchups between these two really Um, yeah that blows my mind that they played three times in san francisco was winning that many yes san fran beat them with uh, Kaepernick once, I, maybe twice. I can't remember if Smith beat him the other time. And when they met Kansas City in the Super Bowl, they had to beat Green Bay to get there. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, San Fran does have their number, but this week I do like Green Bay minus five and a half. This year it just feels different in Green Bay. It feels like this is the best team in football. JP, um, have they? were they – did San Francisco go into Lambeau and beat them those years? Do you know? I don't expect you to know the breakdown by memory, but I think Kaepernick went into Lambeau and won, but I Garoppolo won in San Fran. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's the other factor. They're in uh, Lambeau this time around. Um, when Kaepernick won, um, you know, it was a question mark at the time. No one really knew much of Kaepernick, so there was no film. He went out, balled out, had a great game. There's plenty of film out there on Grappolo, and his upside is much less than Aaron Rodgers. Um, so I think the Green Bay <laughs> is definitely the more healthy team. That is like Grappolo. the biggest understatement I've ever heard. <laughs> um, like, you can't argue that, but like, no, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers' floor is about equivalent to Grappolo's ceiling. Right. I that That's true. Green Bay's, like I said, they're the more healthy team. Back to Aries back um, to block for Rodgers' uh, blind side. We get Alexander at corner. Um, but in Garoppolo, on the contrary, is dealing for shorter sprain. Uh, Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, um, both expected back, but they both did get banged up this week. Um, and to be honest with you, San Fran is not going to win the field goals, and that's what they've been doing the past few weeks with um, Grappler at quarterback and in the playoff matchup that they're coming off. It just seemed like against Dallas, they were kicking more field goals and getting the ball in the end zone. Do you think San Francisco can 
keep the the score down for Green Bay? Can you keep Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones out of the end zone? Uh, I think that San Fran has a team built to do so, but they're not going to penetrate enough on the offensive side of the ball to keep up. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, what they have right now with uh, the running backs in Green Bay, very underrated offensive line, you know, the league's MVP and Rodgers and the league's best wide receiver the past couple of years. I think that they're just going to be tough to slow down and tougher grapple to keep up with. I they're they're not like Dallas by any means. They're not a team that's gonna, you know, be happy to be there if all their Pro Bowl caliber players and lose. That's what Dallas does. Green Bay's not going to do that. They're going to they're going to have an answer to San Fran. Whereas there is no counterpunch from Dallas. I think Green Bay's going to have it. Lafleur is going to have his guys ready, have a game plan, and they're going to put the ball in the end zone. Yeah, I like Green Bay in this. I do too, and I think Aaron Rodgers just has that chip on his shoulder. Like I said, I think since the first episode, I, I'm expecting great things from him this year. I really don't know if anyone's stopping Green Bay this year. They're playing more consistent football than anybody. Yeah, I like them right now. So let's go over. I'm just looking at at these teams right now, these matchups. The, the Rams and Tampa Bay, that'll be a good game to watch. San Francisco and Green Bay. Some of the history with that, like we were just saying, and all of that combined, that's going to be a really good game. Um, probably the the least exciting one is Cincinnati and Tennessee. Just because yeah, the playoff it, history, there's kind of nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because, like, like I said, like, you know, early in the year, we're excited to see where everyone's going to go. And now we're, you know, almost on January. And look who's left. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Mahomes, Josh yeah. Allen. That's the usual suspects every single year. Yep. Usual suspects, which is where the Tennessee Cincy game is a little different because it's, right. it's the only two teams that, you know, have aren't in uh the Super Bowl every year this, or competing for it. This is gonna be another thing that like Pittsburgh guy probably shouldn't say. I like watching Cincinnati. I'm really interested to see what they can do. I love watching Joe Burrow and Chase and Tyler Boyd and that entire offense. Yeah, and it's it's so funny too because like Baltimore is exciting too when we get a fully healthy Lamar Jackson. Uh, Cleveland's exciting. Yeah, great yeah. quarterback. And then what do we have in Pittsburgh? You know, if they could, <laughs> if if Pittsburgh could get a decent offensive line, so Najee Harris isn't you know getting beat up the second the ball's in his hand, and they can hold up for a quarterback. These wide receivers in Pittsburgh, and I think Najee Harris is going to be one of the best running backs for the next five years. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they, they could do something. Will they? Will they have an offensive coordinator that'll do it? I am excited to see a quarterback that I guess maybe isn't afraid to get hit every two seconds so it gets the ball out of the, the out of his hand immediately. Yeah, and despite all my criticisms of the Steelers' wide receivers, um, I would like to see what they can do with a quarterback who's not well past his prime. Um, I think they have – I'd like to see Claypool catch a ball and stay on his feet more often. I'd yeah, like see, really. i like to see Johnson uh, – you know, he the drops are coming back towards the end of last year. I'd like to see him clean that up. If, I, I don't know what Juju's future is or McLeod or Washington for that matter, but I think that they're a talented bunch that just needs – you know, a quarterback to elevate them and obviously the maturity issues, but I think that they're capable. And then I, I, I like Najee in the backfield, but I think they need to do it while he's still on his rookie deal because paying a running back is just something I'm not yeah. in favor of unless you're Derrick Henry. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe he could be that Alabama running back like that. Um, 
But I think if they are going to go with Mason Rudolph next year, James Washington and him played together in college. They have kind of a connection. James Washington plays a lot better when Mason Rudolph is around. He and, does. And maybe they have the, that, that chemistry. A little bit of a mobility factor, too, that I like. I, there are things about Rudolph I like more than Roethlisberger. It's just Roethlisberger knows how to win football games. I, I was in, the fav- in favor of Mason Rudolph. Like I was ready for the rebuild this year. This, this past year, I thought Ben was done. I didn't think they had any chance of making a serious playoff push. So why prolong the inevitable? They want to do their victory lap or, you know, they're going away party with their quarterback. I'd like to see Mason Rudolph get in there. Let's find out what he is. Let's just find out now. If he's no good, then draft something. And if there is something to build around, we'll find out now. But now we're pushing back a year, and now next year is the, the, the year yeah. we have to find out. This was kind of a wasted year. I'd rather them have experimented last year, too, but I feel like they thought they had a championship defense, which wasn't the case. Um, and, you know, I feel like they have more faith in the wide receivers than a lot of people do, as well as, you know, Ben at this stage of his career. I guess they began 11-0 and the previous year, and they were riding high on that, despite them finishing, what, 1-6. and six. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, that they, they were high on it, which is why they brought him back. Um I'm excited to see Rudolph. These people who think Haskins should get a shot, no. He's, he's lazy. He I, I thought now. that going into last season just because it was like, oh, he has some pedigree. Let's see what he can do. Throughout the years, from stories I've heard, I don't think the dude's into it. And people pretend like just because you're first-round pick doesn't mean you're worthy of another chance or whatever it is. Like I would never have considered bringing Johnny Manziel back or anything. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins doesn't have the you know clean a slate he's you know been he's 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 been around he's gotten in trouble he he knows um i i I don't think he loves football i i don't i think he likes what comes with football i don't see him studying you know blitz pickups or whatever it is he's not a franchise quarterback and pretending that we should give him a chance simply because he was a first rounder is stupid because if he was a talented first rounder he'd be playing in washington right now yeah well, I the the, the thing I, I wanted to give him a chance here because Washington is historically a dumpster fire and they mismanage players a lot. Um, and I thought maybe in a new situation we'll see something. And that wasn't the case with this guy. Yeah, and I don't think Rudolph's necessarily the answer, but I like to give him a transitional year and see what they can do because there's some stuff he does well. And, you know, with the defense – the defense kept them in many games this year, despite how lousy they were against the run. And keep Ben in the game. I'm sure Rudolph can elevate the play. The if, plays, you know, just a little bit. If they believe that the rest of the roster is good enough to make a playoff push, then I'd like to see him bring a quarterback in. If they don't, then I don't know why they wouldn't just draft a young guy, try to develop him, and go with Mason for a year. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine with me. Um yeah. Although I don't really like wasting TJ Watts year in a prime year, like uh, in the in his prime. Najee Harris isn't. I mean, they're young. Pratt Fryermuth, like these guys are still young, but I don't want to waste their 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 time. Yeah, you got your court, especially in the division that they're playing in today. Um, TJ Watt obviously is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. He's been uh, phenomenal all year. He actually, um, you know, a uh, statistics came out today too. He's had uh, eight games this year where he recorded multi-sacks um yeah eight multi-sack games 10 sacks in under three seconds eight sacks in the fourth quarter or overtime and 10 more sacks 
versus two plus blockers at once. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's wrecking havoc. He changes the games. And it's funny because, like, you don't really see a game changer outside the quarterback position. But, like, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, they made plays this season. And uh, yeah. I think that they're going to need a quarterback that capitalizes on those. Yeah, for sure. Let's get back to the playoff game, though. We have Cincinnati and Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. So for that one, um, this one's uh, – I, I think a lot of people are high on Tennessee. I like Cincinnati plus three and a half. Okay. All right. Um, Do you so like Tennessee, that money line? Yeah, yeah. I would take a money line, too. Um, yeah, in the playoffs, I like all these teams to win outright as well. I think Cincy's a better team. I'm interested to see how they do on the D-line with the injuries that they've had. I think Hendrickson should be able to go. But That'll know, be huge. Um, uh, some of the other side of the D-line, a couple of their guys got banged up. And uh, offensive line's not necessarily the strongest either. But despite all that, uh, Joe Burrow, ever since being a Pro Bowl snub, has just been lights out. Um, Bengals' defense is actually fifth versus the run. And um, I, I think that that's obviously what Tennessee is going to be looking to do is to go ground and pound with Henry. I know everyone's thinking Henry's fresh, but is he? I, I don't even know if he's 100% healthy. Yeah, that could you know, be something so they're trying to get I want to see what they do. I like Burrow more than Tannehill. Um, and the Titans have the fewest points per game among the remaining playoff teams. Um, I could really see Cincinnati just going on on a push. Yeah, yeah, I can see Cincinnati. I think of Cincinnati. And didn't Cincinnati beat up on Kansas City? Uh, They won by three, but... Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Tennessee beat up on Kansas City, actually. Oh, is that who it was? I remember Kansas City getting beat up by one of these teams. Another thing, uh, Cincinnati finished the year with the third toughest schedule. Their strength of schedule finished third in the NFL, and Tennessee's finished 24th. So Cincinnati's beaten uh, tougher opponents, and I, I just think that... You know, they're the more explosive team. I like them. Um, this could be something where you see the the week off as being nice for the rest, but also the rust. Yeah, yeah. I uh, they're both teams actually finish in the bottom ten in opponent pass yards per per game and top ten in rush yards per game. I think that that's gonna um, benefit Cincinnati as well. So you like Cincinnati in this one? I do. Uh, Tennessee is eight no though with Brable after nine days or more of rest. So, you know, coming off by, they're generally a good team. It's just, I, I think that Cincinnati's more explosive. Some of, some of these stats like that are ridiculous anymore, though. I read something that uh, Ben Roethlisberger was undefeated against quarterbacks that weighed like 250 or, or less <laughs> or something, or has never beat a quarterback who weighed over 250 pounds or something. So he's 0-1 against Jared Lorenzo and then Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> it was like Tim Tebow was like 255 <laughs> and somebody, maybe it was like 230-plus. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just a ridiculous number. It's a ridiculous stat. I don't think that, like, I think those are two things that exist together, but it's not the cause. It's just a correlation. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- n- like, obviously, if, if you weigh this, but your wide receivers are terrible. Yeah. But, like, yeah. <laughs> you, you could say that, like, we might not know, but, like, every day, every time, uh, Mike Tomlin had fried eggs instead of scrambled eggs. You know, he won a playoff game, so you could say that. <laughs> like, I'm sure you could find a correlation with every win and blame it on that. Yeah, yeah, you can huh. find statistics pretty much back anything. But 
I mean, coming off by 8-0, I mean, you can't be any better. Yeah, well, yeah, that is true. <laughs> um, so um, Yeah, but Cincy, and you get over a field goal, yeah, g- give me Cincy. I, 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 get, I get the better quarterback and field goal. Yeah. You, it, it really has so much to do with quarterbacks. It always does, but especially now. Yeah, yeah. And another thing I want to get back to about uh, uh, Tampa Bay and L.A. real quick. Uh, unlike Kyler Murray, Tom Brady knows that Eric Weddle is playing safety. So take <laughs> yeah. Tampa Bay. Yeah. <laughs> take advantage of the guy who hasn't played in a year. Yeah, yeah. Although I mean, he is fresh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's fresh. <laughs> yeah. Michael Strahan's fresh to yeah yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into the last game. Uh, Buffalo, Kansas City. All right, uh, Buffalo, Kansas City. This is uh, last year's AFC title game. Uh, Kansas City took it last year, and uh, I think they're going to take it again this year. Um, Kansas City's minus two and a half. Um, I'm going to take Kansas City. That's almost as close to money line bet as you can get. So I think Kansas City's the better team. Um, Chiefs defense. Um, allowed 29 points per game through the first seven weeks. And mm-hmm. since then, they've dropped to 16 points per game. Oh, wow. Yeah. So defense has stepped up tremendously. Um, Josh Allen in the playoffs is actually 3-0 at home, but 0-2 on the road. And Mahomes is 6-1 at home in the playoffs, only losing to Brady in overtime where he didn't get a chance to possess the football. Oh, right, right. Right. So I, I think uh, when they go head-to-head, I think it, it just favors uh, Kansas City. I think I, I think Mahomes is still better than Allen, though they're close. And uh, Kansas City, we saw what they did in the run game with uh, uh, McKinnon this past week. Um, Buffalo's run D or off, run offense has been better in the past few weeks, but I don't see uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss or Zach Moss gone. I'm sorry, uh, Devin Singletary to be as explosive as what they do in Kansas City with no matter who's in the backfield. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I I just think they have more weapons. Kelsey's the best tight end in the league. Travis or Tyreek Hill is the fastest player in the NFL. Um, I I just like the matchup better for Kansas City. I think that they're the better team. I like um Andy Reid in a winner go home scenario. And uh, you know, just when you look historically at it, Buffalo's not a team that you know wins big games. I I like Kansas City this week. I think Mahomes is. Um, you know, I know what the numbers say, but I think Mahomes is still the best player in the NFL, even though I think Aaron Rodgers should win MVP this year or Brady. But I, I think Mahomes is the best player in the league, and I think that he's going to show that this week. And like I said, it's under a field goal. Kansas City, all they need is a field goal, and they're the home team. Arrowhead, give me Kansas City. This is kind of what I've been saying all year. With, with the teams that are here, I'm not surprised because it is like – it's a long year, and you kind of see the you know the ups and downs. But the teams that make it, this is where we thought we'd see Tampa Bay, Los Angeles, Tennessee, Green Bay, Buffalo, Kansas City. Those guys, like we knew they would be here right now. And yeah, Cincinnati's the only big time surprising team to be in the final eight. Yeah, I I wasn't sure about San Francisco just because of the division. I didn't think that mm-hmm. three teams were going to make it. That is true, and the one who messed as Russell Wilson, that's that's a very tough bit. Yeah, I, I, I thought the Rams were going to take the division, and I thought that Arizona would be cool, like a bubble team. They played way better than I expected going into it. But um, but all these teams, you know, it is. It's like, let's get to the postseason, and then that's where it matters. I'm interested to see how Buffalo plays against Kansas City. If they can, you know, 
com- maintain composed? If Kansas City goes up early, are they going to, you know, start to melt down or what? Yeah, Mahomes and Allen both have like this factor where like like that wow factor where, you know, they're doing no look passes or, you know, whatever it is. It just seems like when Mahomes does it, it's a little bit more controlled and less reckless. Than yeah, I could see Allen Josh Allen trying to do too much. Uh-huh. That's what I see. And I think, uh, I mean, outside of Stephon Diggs, I don't see them as explosive as I see Kansas City. I, I see, like, like I think Kansas City expands the playbook here and catches Buffalo off guard, whereas I don't see Buffalo necessarily doing the same to Kansas City. To get back to that explosiveness, it still blows my mind every time I watch Tyreek Hill play. That touchdown he had against the Steelers, I thought Mahomes overthrew him by five feet. He ended up having to slow up a little bit to catch it. He has a way of just going full speed no matter what direction he is going, and he can change direction at that speed. The, the way it looks is like he's running, and like he hits like a, a power-up, and everybody else slows down. <laughs> yeah, he's like running at an angle where he's like, you know, juking, but also running forward. At the same, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable. He has, he has the NFL Street impact here. Yeah, constant game breaker too. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's what you see. Um, okay, so uh, you like Kansas City in that. So, based on your picks, we're expecting a Tampa Bay Green Tampa Bay at Green Bay, and Cincinnati at uh, Kansas City for yeah, the that's AFC and like today. All right, then. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, JP, did you have? Uh, Something else you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I thought that in honor of uh, Roethlisberger's official last game, I have my uh, top five Roethlisberger moments. And JP, after that, I have some a question I have to ask you that goes back to this past week's Poor Man's Podcast, the regular podcast. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, definitely listen to that. Uh, we have Andreas O'Rourke, comedian, coming in next week. The following week, we have Iron City Paranormal. Uh, the Ghost Hunters coming on, so uh, definitely tune in, tune into that. And I was just on the Jag Off podcast last week, so tune into that and listen to my interview. But uh, I, I have a question uh, dealing okay. with something we brought up on the show that I think you might be an expert in. All right, let's hear it. Oh, you you want you ready oh, for it oh, now? Yeah, I thought you were ready for it. Okay, I'll I'll ask now. Uh, what is the best I Spy book? Ooh. Best I Spy book. Spooky Mansion. That was my answer. That is the correct That's, answer. I was like trying to think of other ones, but then I realized it was stupid to think of another one. It's Spooky Mansion. Uh, you're trying to think of another one like a hipster's trying to say the Beatles suck. Right, yeah. Or, or no, even worse than that, the guy whose favorite Beatle is George Harrison because no one's favorite's Ringo, and like <laughs> they they just look down on you if you say John or Paul because it's too simple and obvious yeah. but correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Although like, Terry Bradshaw and Roethlisberger were never my favorite Steeler quarterback. Yeah. Although I like uh, George Harrison's solo more than John Lennon's solo. <laughs> really? I do. If you really listen to it. some of his, some of his solo ones, go back and listen to him, JP. I'm All gonna right. I'm gonna I send mean, you I, some I over. Like Lennon and McCartney solo. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Well, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some stuff. All right. <laughs> uh, you're saying solo, not like traveling Wilbury stuff. I'm saying solo. Solo. Okay. <laughs> like like does he sing? 
Yeah, dude, George Harrison. Okay, well, you'll you'll find out. But uh, take for the record, though. Side note: If I didn't know that guy sang or wrote, like, so I knew he wrote a little, but like, when you're like a distant third in your band and you're George Harrison, like, you're <laughs> clearly the best band of all time. Yeah, yeah. If you're writing those music. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, uh, if you're just writing that. <laughs> but uh, our, we we couldn't think of too many other ones. I said the Christmas one was also good. Uh, the Yellow Book, uh, the I Spy the, one. The Fun House one's good, too. Oh, okay. There we go. That's what I was going to get at. I'm sure you had a couple more that we couldn't remember. Yeah, but when it's said and done, like, Spooky Mansion, no doubt about it. Wasn't there, like, a, a beach day or something? I'm sure there. It's been so long. Yeah. Um, You mean you don't still uh, look at I Spy books regularly? Regularly, no. Just just on occasion. Okay. Uh, But what were you saying about Spooky (laughs) Mansion? This is the most important thing. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's why we're tuning into the sports extra to hear about the Spooky Mansion. Hey, once NFL offseason comes up, people get get ready for uh, some off the wall sports stuff. Yeah, um, no, no, Spooky Mansion had, like, the cool, uh, like, uh, skeleton figure that was hidden in, um, yeah, in each one. Who's, like, hidden in all the, uh, mazes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, that was always cool. I liked, uh, what, like... All the, the mazes. <laughs> <laughs> all the I Spy like, mazes. Like, like, to me, no other I Spy book stands out to me other than the Spooky Mansion, so you gotta go up the Spooky Mansion. <laughs> That's the right answer. I, I, believe me, go, everybody else can go back and listen to hear what I said, but... That is the correct answer. Now, JP, you have, what, a top five list of Roethlisberger? Yeah, so these are moments. So I know we did the top seven plays. Um, we've also listened to some accomplishments that he's had throughout his career. But these are a little different. Are or... you going from five to number one? Yes. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Here, I'll, yes. I'll give you some, some uh, sound effects. Number five. Number five. Um. My fifth favorite Roethlisberger moment, I would say, would be beating New England's 21-game win streak on Halloween, his rookie season. Yeah, that was a big game. I, I remember that was the game like that put Roethlisberger and the Steelers on the map. They, it was either that week or the following week. They went back-to-back, I think, and beat the Patriots and then the Eagles. That's right, because they were the Steelers had one loss. They yeah. beat... And there were two teams ahead of them who were undefeated, Patriots and Eagles, and they beat them both back to back. Oh, is that what it was? I remember there being some, some significance. And then I remember the the famous Heinz uh, Ward flapping the wings uh, on with his foot on the ball. Yeah, he I, he did that twice, I think. He and, did, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Against T.O., that, that was awesome. Um, that was, uh, they were on Sports Illustrated like every other week that year. Yeah, yeah, I remember the Steelers had... Well, obviously, during the Super Bowl run, every playoff week was the Steelers. But I remember there was one for, like, Heinz Ward and Caleb Miller from the Bengals was on one. Yeah. <laughs> and then that one stands out to me. Um, yeah, I remember that. And uh, I just remember the Halloween game because it was like, I remember Roethlisberger coming against Baltimore and he really had Maddox and he played well. I feel like, oh, I, I think we might have something with Ben. But it wasn't, like, set in stone, it seemed like, until they went and beat New England uh, 34 to 20 it was, you know, because not oh, only wow, did they that's beat a big, them, yeah. like they outplayed them 
tremendously throughout the game. And um, and people might not remember some of the guys on that New England defense at that time. Uh, you know, uh, Rodney Harrison, Ty Law, Teddy Bruschi, Willis McGee. Jeez, uh, what's his name? I'm like a Willie McGinnis. Yeah, McGinnis, mm-hmm. that's right. I was no. saying Willis McGahee. I was like, I know that's not him. But there, yeah, there, yeah. there were some really, you know, studs on that defense, and they were winning Super Bowls then. And, I mean, they won the Super Bowl that year too. But that was Spygate, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. who would have known? Maybe they should be higher on the list that <laughs> they won with the Patriots knowing their signals. Yeah. I believe that was <laughs> the Spygate year. Yeah, right. but, yeah, they won, what, 21 games in a row. That was – I mean, that's over 16, which means it would have been a perfect season if it all would have, you know, fell in – how they would have hoped it would have but, been a perfect season because they were going for the 21 win when they lost the giants i think mm-hmm. or or were they 19 and now and they went for the, they, they were going they were going for the perfect season that year this was uh, a couple years before that yeah no so I, guess, I know but i'm saying to to win every game you'd have to go 16 and now and then you'd go 17 18 19 oh yeah, 19 and now. okay so that's what yeah yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, they had a 21-game win streak that was snapped by, uh, you know, rookie Roethlisberger. He uh, he threw two touchdowns, two to Plexico Burris. I, I remember the one where he underthrew him and Burris came back to the ball on a fade route and reeled it in. You know what? I, you just said that, and it threw me off, and I just can't focus on anything else because that's how my mind works. You said rookie Roethlisberger, and made me think, what if his name was Ricky Roethlisberger? I think people I think he would have been on more like covers and stuff because it's a more catchy name Ricky Roethlisberger versus Ben Roethlisberger I think it's a flashier name <laughs> it became big if he grew his hair out a little bit was a little bit shaggier to me Roethlisberger is a great name I don't know why they focus on the Ben aspect so much I don't know because nobody yeah. wants to spell Roethlisberger Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I guess just spelling it alone could be a challenge. Yeah, that would be my guess. <laughs> Newspapers and stuff, when people used to read them, would type it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I remember yeah, Deuce Staley uh, had 125 yards on the ground that day, and Kevin Falk had four. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Brady threw two picks, and Shea Townsend returned one for a touchdown. I mean, that's the story of football. Right there, you win turnovers and you get a defensive touchdown. I mean, that's a, a point swing. That's that's huge. You can beat anybody. A rookie can beat a dynasty like that if you just do it, and they're not, you know, stealing all your plays. Yeah, and then they go on to beat Philly, twenty-seven to three. I think it was. They just, you know, they came out and beat both undefeated teams in a row. And I remember it being right then and there when people were like, the Steelers could be the number one seed and win a Super Bowl this year. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, they, they lost but went on to win next year. And I think that was the game that really put Roethlisberger as a serious, you know. Yeah. He was a serious quarterback after that. And that they went 15-1 and one that year, right? Yes, they were 15-1. and one, And uh, the only loss was a Week 2 game against Baltimore. That's another thing. Like, when, when you look at this team versus that team, like when they won the Super Bowl the year after, uh or like when they won the Super Bowl uh, with Roethlisberger's first one, um, they th- the year before they went fifteen and one. Like that's how talented that team was. That came back and they kind of started slow and they went ten and six or whatever and stumbled into the playoffs. Um, 
last year the Steelers did not go 15 and 1. Like that's not the roster that's coming back. This team is much worse and that's why. I mean just wrapping back up with that. They had no chance to win in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's a, it's a different team. And, right. Uh, so I'm saying the comparisons then. are definitely not fair. No, no, not by any means. <laughs> All right, let's get to number number 4. A little bit of continuation from uh, moment five, but four, I would just say, is him winning a rookie of the year. Um, so, yeah, the New England and Philadelphia games were during his rookie year, but like you said, he finished 15 and one that year, 13 and 0 actually as a rookie. And uh, he didn't have the best numbers necessarily, but he won football games. And, uh, and I mean, going 13 and 0 as a rookie and getting a playoff win against the Jets. And uh, I think it's the, it's, the only time the Steelers won Rookie of the Year in my lifetime. And uh, I, I remember him winning. It was cool because it was the year Jason Bay won Rookie of the Year in the MLB and Sidney Crosby got robbed on uh, Rookie of the Year for Ovechkin. Oh, wow. that That's crazy. You, you see a lot of the people with, uh, you know, Tampa Bay and, and, you know, Pittsburgh's done it, where you, where you win multiple sports, Boston, where you win, you know, football and hockey or whatever. Mm-hmm. And but you rarely see rookies of the year from the from the same city all in the same year. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you never do. Um, it just would have been cool to see the triple crown happen. Um, but having said, I think uh, Roethlisberger's rookie year, you know, because we see a lot of rookies nowadays who put up stats. They're rookie, you know, like, like Joe Burrow looked good last year before the injury, and you see guys putting up numbers as rookies. Can, well, um, JP, but, let me yeah. stop you right there. How crazy is it that Crosby and Roethlisberger were up for Rookie of the Year the same year? And, like, Crosby's, like, still... And I know hockey and baseball are very different, but, like, that shows, like, how long Sidney Crosby's been playing. Yeah, it does. And he's, I mean, he so started when he was 18 versus Ben, who probably started when he was 22. Yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, Jason Bay, I think he's been long gone out of the MLB. Um, Roethlisberger finishing up, and Crosby's still still playing at a high level. He's still got to be a top five player in the NHL. Yeah, for, for sure. But I'm saying it just shows you, like, people are, like, expecting Crosby to still be, like, at the top of his game, and he still really is. But, like, he's been doing it for a long time. He has been, yeah. But I, didn't he come into the league at 18 or? Yeah, I mean, he did. That's yeah. what I was just saying. He started younger, but still, like, mm-hmm. That, I mean, it's still 18 or 15 years of just, you know, whatever it is, of just your body being beat up. Sidney Crosby is another right. guy who knows all about concussions. Mm-hmm. And Roethlisberger, actually, most sacked quarterback in NFL history. I believe that. Derek, yeah. uh, David Carr is finally glad to, to be passed or whatever. Yeah, finally, after like three years, Carr passed in the 18 or Roethlisberger played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like um, but, Roethlisberger winning all the games in Cleveland. <laughs> but, yeah, I would say the thing that was special about his rookie year was, like, he just won football games. Nowadays, you see rookies put numbers but don't necessarily win. This guy, they were the best team in football that year with a rookie quarterback. And, uh, you know, it really paved the way for what was to come. You know, even coming out of a small school like Roethlisberger did, he transitioned to the NFL very yeah. easily. A lot of that's probably due to the – teammates and coaching he had but i think you know rookie of the year was really what cemented his uh future very early on there's there were a few times where the steelers had some like triple threat wide receivers and i like you know 
uh, uh, who were the young money guys, Mike Wallace, AB, and uh, Emmanuel Sanders, mm-hmm. who were probably the most talented. But uh, there's there's few receiving cores that like are more nostalgic than Heinz Ward, Plaxico Burris, and Antoine Randall L. Yeah, yeah. To me, that's like the um, original uh, tri- triplets that Pittsburgh's had at uh, wide receiver. To me, was you know they, they, they all were, were like different. You know, Randall L was the gadget guy. Ward went across the middle and you know blocked in the run game, and you know Plax was the downfield guy. Yeah, they all did something very different, and were they 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 meshed very well too. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like down down the road, we saw a lot of like A B, and you know the number two ended up being Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you good with number four? Yep. Number three. Number three. Uh, I'm gonna say becoming the youngest quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So to this day, he's still the youngest one to win. Um, Super Bowl forty, it was in year two. Um, he actually did not play well in the Super Bowl either, but he got the W, and that's all that matters. He had a um, rushing touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, ran in the ball. He, yeah, he had a rushing touchdown that many people thought. <laughs> he didn't break the plane, but, I mean, in my opinion, he did. Um, I, I know that the refs, the, the officiating that game was definitely a little lopsided in the favor of the Steelers. Uh, it was practically home field advantage, and Jerome Bettis was given the key to the city before the game. So I could see where all the favoritism was. But you still got to go out and win the game. Um and, I mean, we've seen Russell Wilson win in year two. Mahomes win year three, I believe. But still an incredible accomplishments winning a Super Bowl, especially in year two. You just don't see that happening. And Roethlisberger not only did it, you know, at his age, but he also became the first quarterback to win a Super Bowl from the sixth seed in the same year. It's weird hearing you say Roethlisberger because of his age, and you mean because he was young. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it's funny because, like, Roethlisberger to me now is almost one of those guys like Morgan Freeman who always was old and then he yeah. picked up the old tape and it's like, oh my God, I actually kind of remember that. Yeah. Have like, you seen, like, that. the Hey Rookie, Welcome to the NFL with him and, like, D'Angelo Hall and, like, those guys <laughs> and Kevin Jones or somebody? They're, like, trying to, to wake <laughs> up Eli Manning on the bus. Uh, remember Kevin, or was that Julian? There was, wait, Kevin Jones was the Bears running back, right? No, Kevin or was he the Lions? Lions? Okay, Thomas, Thomas Jones, Jones who was Thomas no Jones relation. Was actually good. Thomas Jones and Julius Jones are brothers. Julius Jones, who played for the Cowboys. Thomas Jones, who played for the Bears, who was good. Who I think was the super or no? Was he the running back in the Super Bowl or was that Cedric Benson? Uh, I think it was Thomas Jones because there's no way Cedric Benson took the Bears to the Super Bowl because <laughs> that guy didn't even want to play there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was a he was a top pick too. He was Cedric Benson was a beast in Texas. Did yeah, he play with he Vince Young? Overall. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah. I remember I, he had a breakout year in Cincy, and he was like, yeah, I didn't really try <laughs> with the Bears. I forgot <laughs> Cedric Benson played in Cincinnati. I would just remember seeing him when he got drafted. Um, but uh, now I remember it, you know, with the years that he played against the Steelers. Um, but I forgot about Kevin Jones. And to go back to what we were talking about, the year Roethlisberger got drafted, we said we knew – uh, the Lions probably wasted a pick on a wide receiver. I believe it was Roy Williams. Uh, that makes sense. And they traded him to Dallas. <laughs> R- R- Roy Williams. No, Roy Williams for the, the wide receiver, that not the safety for Dallas. 
Yeah, or did they the, traded him to Dallas too, though? But that wasn't for a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Ironically enough, though, outside of Megatron, he may have been the best wide receiver they've picked. Yeah, I feel like Charles Rogers and uh, Mike Williams. Yeah, a bunch of busts they've picked. And then they got the the old safety from the Rams, Mike Furry, and then made him a wide receiver. He led the <laughs> league in in receptions for a year. Did yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I do remember Ferry leading the league in receptions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was nuts. All right. Are you on number three still? Yeah, uh, yeah. So number three was what? Winning the Super Bowl and Mike Ferry catching the ball. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Number two. Number two, uh, I'm going to go with the tackle on Nick Harper in the 2006 playoffs. Yeah, the same um, Super Bowl year. Yeah, yeah, so Nick Harper was a safety who played for the Colts who picked up the Jerome Bettis fumble. He was, ironically, stabbed in the leg the night before, I believe, by his wife. Yes, I believe that's true. In a domestic dispute. Um, so so the, the long joke of let's give the wife a Super Bowl ring is has been going on long enough in Pittsburgh. Um, it's, it's, still, it's still pretty funny, actually. But, that's uh, crazy that you could be stabbed and then just go play football. That's what I was like. That's a pretty serious wound, I would assume, unless it's like being played up. Right. Like, I don't know what happened or who was at fault or what exactly happened. But if you're able to, you know, recover, like, thank God he recovered and was actually able to play. (laughs) Um, But also, thank God for every time I rewatch that play. Why? If you're a safety, why don't you just take the ball to the outside and outrun the quarterback? (laughs) It makes no sense. He he turned Roethlisberger around like three times. I have no idea how he made that tackle. And then like held on to his foot. And for as tough as Roethlisberger's been throwing guys off him, he's never made tackles in his career. But he made that one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was. And then Jack made the missed the kick. Yeah, and Van Jack missed. And uh, you, you, the, the reason why it's such a big play is Jerome Bettis is career that is a career ruining play yeah they score touchdown there yeah that is the worst play in Steeler history (laughs) there and quite frankly it might be the worst play in NFL history depending on whose side you're on yeah because he he was known he they were essentially saying well this is over with the Jerome Bettis who's never fumbled like I mean, not never fumble, but like mm-hmm. he he's the guy who like that's he almost doesn't. as bad as saying Vanderjack, who's the most accurate kicker. Yeah, <laughs> in sports history. Well, they know. jinx. At least they equally jinx both teams, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. The thing too is um, uh, what, what I wanted to say too is like they had a chance there to put uh the Colts away, who are the best team in the league. Um, they uh. We're whooping them early, and Peyton just took them back. I remember this ball for the two-point conversion. He just nailed Reggie Wayne on in the corner, and all momentum shifted entirely. And then on the final drive, um, I guess the Colts' second-class drive, Steelers' D just made a stop. Like, it was a statement of a drive by the D. Um, Paul Amalu had an interception that they overturned, and Joey Porter ended up sacking Oh, they did overturn that because he he got it and like rolled, and when he got up, the knee hit the ball. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they they rolled an incomplete pass, which made no sense to me. To, to, to this, if he would have just stayed back. on the ground, it would have been an interception. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember Joey Porter 
it just ignited him, and he ended up sacking Peyton, I think, two plays in a row, and he yeah. shot and cheat that to the refs. And the next play, Bettis fumbles the football. He did. He uh, Well, Porter ended up sacking Manning, like, right in the shadow of his old goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was like a two-yard run for Bettis. And, man, they just – he popped that ball out. Like, he put the – You never – yeah, it was square on it, and it just <laughs> flew in the air, which just – it's, like, fluttered in the air, like, when you see the slow-motion things in movies. Yeah, and it, it's a play that we look at as a, a play Roethlisberger made. The play the defender made was incredible. Yeah. I think and, it was Gary Brackett who got his head on it. Was it? It was Brackett. I don't, um, I, I, I don't know why that sticks out to me. But yeah, yeah, it's nuts that you know he just he didn't score and they go into win the Super Bowl in Bettis' hometown. It's it, it's crazy. Like Jerome Bettis might not be in the Hall of Fame without the ring, and it comes down to that play. And um, Banerjack missing the kick. Obviously, he he definitely is a borderline Hall of Famer that got the nudge for the Super Bowl. I agree. And if that game goes into overtime, I mean the, the Colts are going to win it, no yeah. doubt about it. Oh, yeah. They got lucky he missed. Um, also like just think about like the fumble Ernest Biner had against, uh, the Broncos, like, you know, the, the, there's a play called, there's a game called the fumble because of that, <laughs> where we basically <laughs> dishonor Ernest Biner. And that was on the goal line going to win the game. Now, Jerome Bettis was quite the opposite going <laughs> to seal the game fumbling and then the other team scoring and winning like that, that would have been just, that probably would have been a hundred times worse. That one should, should be called like the fumble too. Or something is what it would have been, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like that is like I said, that has potential to be the. Worst or if it was player. the NFL, they'd say like fumble gate or something because they have to work in gate. Yeah, <laughs> gate somehow <laughs> tackle gate by Roethlisberger. Yeah. But no, yeah, I, I to this day I can't believe that Harper just didn't outrun him. Like you said, Ben was turned around probably three times. And Ben only tackled him because he ran into Ben. I feel like Ben didn't track him down. He, like, tried to turn him around one more time where he should have just taken it to the outside where he would have outrun him in no time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The second uh, he picked that up, take it to the hash or the numbers and just you're gone. Nobody on that field is catching you. The fastest guy next to you is, what, Jeremy Tooman? Yeah, Tuman is the guy who came up to clean up after Roethlisberger. Yeah. <laughs> um, Obviously, yeah, the play no, haunts no me. On the field, if you're in a goal line situation like that, Tuman may have been the fastest guy on the field. Right. Yeah. You have right. a bunch of offensive linemen. You probably have somebody like Dan Kreider in there. Uh, you have Jerome Bettis in there. You probably have Reamer Small. You have Tuman. You have you have the big guys in. Plus, plus it was Nick Harper that picked it up. It wasn't Dwight Freeney. Yeah, it's a defensive like, back. It should have been returned. And I mean, shout out to Ben for making the play because he easily could have tried to dive on the ball or something, something stupid. But immediately he saw something stupid like dive on the ball. Yeah, or you know, trying to like recover. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He but, uh, he just like went back and started playing center field. Luckily, yeah, that was back yeah. when he could move a little bit. That is really just an agile play. Like if anybody who's ever played and you try to catch a ball or tackle somebody and they have you doing that, like where you turn your shoulders and then they flip you around, like you're at their disposable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Ben. I mean, like I said, I don't think I've seen him make a tackle since. I mean, honestly, that's the only one I've ever he needed to make. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. Number one.
and this goes without saying, um, number one best Roethlisberger moment ever is easily the touchdown pass to Santonio Holmes in the 2009 Super Bowl. It's still the best throw and catch probably combo. Like, mm-hmm. when you see, like, oh, this is the greatest throw of all time or this is the greatest catch of all time, to be, like, the greatest throw to the greatest catch combo and have the score combined, I think that's the best pass, passing play ever. Yeah, I think it's fair. because like, I mean, you could throw Eli Manning in there with David Tyree, I guess, breaking out and then throwing it. Mm-hmm. But the throw itself wasn't spectacular. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to mention. Odell Beckham catch was a great catch, but I mean, he overthrew him, which is why the catch was so great. Right, that's what I was saying that too. And then you know, the play Eli Manning made with David Tyree wasn't a good throw, but it was a fantastic catch. Like that ball needed to be right there, and he stretched out, had the toes down, and held on. It's not only catching it and holding on to it; it's getting your toes down, and then when you hit the ground, holding on to it. And to this day, in my opinion, it is the best drive ever orchestrated by a wide receiver. You can see drives where it's like we see the quarterback in control the whole way down the field. And by drive by wide receiver, you you can't just say like, you know, oh, so-and-so caught a 100-yard touchdown. I mean, like, he he picked them apart, yeah. Put a drive together. Yeah. He was wide open on, I think he had four catches all of them. And I know we mentioned before on the show, Ward and Washington were banged up. They were used as decoys on the drive. He was told to throw to Miller and Holmes, and Miller didn't get a single catch on the drive. It was yeah. all Holmes. Washington snagged one ball, but I mean, to me, with the stakes as they were in the Super Bowl, thrown through triple coverage, getting the toes down, it, it's, it, it's quite possibly the I would say, due to the circumstances, you could argue exactly what you said. Best throw-to-catch combo in NFL history because it also wasn't just the Super Bowl. It was the game winner in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You don't get that very often. Yeah, and, and and obviously I'm biased, but I think that's the best game I've ever watched. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. The Harrison pick six, you know, there were two plays that are – Top 10 all time. And even though you don't want to see it out of the Steelers, like as a home guy, like I like seeing Larry Fitzgerald do well. You know, he, I would have liked to see him, you know, get a Super Bowl. As we've said before off the air, we kind of like to have seen uh, the Cardinals win and beat the Packers. Yeah, yeah. And I still stand by that. I mean, that was was an underdog team. Yeah. Like I like that Cardinal team. Yeah. Yeah. That Cardinal team. I would root for them against any other team. That was so. Wizenhunt, right? Yeah, Wizenhunt. With Kurt um, Warner. And, and Bolden. Yeah. Um, and uh, if they win that, I mean, Super Bowl MVP probably ends up getting to Kurt Warner, but it may have gone to Larry Fitzgerald. He had two touchdowns, including yeah. what would have been the game winner. if uh, Jason you know, White it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah I, I, I remember. And they had another opportunity. And... Um, if you look at the film, and I remember Paul Amalu and Dick LeBeau said, they told Todd Haley after the game, they were like, thank God Woodley forced the fumble because Larry Fitzgerald was wide open streaking down the field. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like they report. Like Paul Larry Fitzgerald had a monster like, game, too. Yeah, Paul Amalu told him, he was like, I know that I'm, I'm a great player, but based off my position and where Larry Fitzgerald was, 
if that ball would have gone out, I would not have made a play on it. I know that he would have reeled it in. Oh, wow. I don't know that there's a wide receiver I'd less, I'd less like to go up for a jump ball against. Maybe Randy Moss, obviously, but Larry Fitzgerald is up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Larry Fitz has got to be one of the most well-loved football players of all time. It's a shame he, he couldn't get, get the ring, but... Maybe the really Rams will sign him. <laughs> oh, man. You, they that would have been Rams awesome if they there. brought him in last game and Eric Weddle just covered Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that might be something we see. You know how there's the the NBA players that like bring other people into their thing. I could see this starting a trend where like guys in retirement they retire, and if their former team makes the playoffs, they'll like suit up. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, we saw. I, mean, I know Witten came back and played for like the Raiders, but <laughs> I mean, we've seen more scenarios where guys are coming back out of retirement. Uh, more Gronk did it. Gronk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they'll sit out the season, and then when their team makes the playoffs, they'll they'll come back in. Not like uh, sit out a year and then come back. I mean, like be out all year. And now that my team made the playoffs, and I didn't have to be there beating my body up, and now that I'm fresh for the playoffs, if you need some depth, I'm ready to go for you. Yeah, it seems like that was a thing too. Like I know a couple teams reached out to Philip Rivers later in the year. Um, I think Tony Gonzalez when he retired, he was like, "I'll come back to the Falcons if they're like." 13 and 0. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I I could see a trend too, where you see, um, a a lot more of that. And I mean, if, if you can find a guy like at this stage, maybe Weddle is better than a kid who doesn't know the defense. Um, uh, I I, I don't know, but it's always exciting to see like a former legend return, you know? Yeah. There is something to be said about just knowing the defense and the schematics behind it versus bringing somebody in. Maybe they do run a point one or a point two faster 40. There's something to be said about being in position, not needing that. So, yeah, having the veteran guy in there is always nice, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see that happen again. Yeah, yeah, I could see a trend coming in the near future of, um, you know, just guys coming back to capture a ring. Yeah, definitely. All right, JP, anything else you want to do? We're going to wrap this up probably. No, I think that about covers it. Um, I'm excited this week for the playoffs, and we'll see who's going to the conference title games. Yeah, these are some good games. I'm excited to see it. Uh, It looks like the Cincinnati-Tennessee game is January 22nd. I'm guessing that's the Saturday at 430. Then you have San Francisco-Green Bay. That's 815 on the 22nd. And then on the 23rd, we have the L.A. Rams against Tampa Bay at 3 p.m., and then Buffalo plays Kansas City at 6.30 on the 23rd. So uh, definitely excited to see what games, uh, how these games turn out, and we'll uh, check back with you next week. All right, sounds good. It's definitely a superstar lineup, so, you know, I'm excited. These are the best teams in the NFL, so excited to see and assess Um the future, because this is where the teams realize, hey, if we want to be the best of the best, we need to upgrade at these positions. And we'll see, you know, a few weaknesses in great teams. And we'll see what happens. The divisional round of the playoffs might be the best week in football. I, I agree. I love wildcard and divisional. And divisional is where you, because wildcard, you, you, you get your teams, you know, like the Steelers and Eagles. Right. But now this is, you know. The, this these is, are the these players. are the best teams left. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. You know, we get Burrow versus Henry. Uh, you know, I, I like the 49ers. I think they match up well with Green Bay. But 
you know, Aaron has something against San Fran, it seems like, too, since they didn't pick him. You know, that there's just a lot of good storylines. I'm excited. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, JP, sports guy JP, thank you for taking the time. Uh, thank you uh, for listening, everybody. Uh, listen to the regular Poor Man's podcast. Definitely listen next week, like I said, for Andres O'Rourke. Uh, Lester last week. You hear the whole breakdown of the I Spy books. So definitely go back to that and uh, hear what Shay and Cheech have to say. But for JP, I am Chris. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. You play to win the game. Winning.